0: This episode of Getting the Word with Truce Table is brought to you by IVP. Many know the poem, Twas the Night Before Christmas, and can even recite portions of it by heart. But what's really the story behind St. Nicholas? Stay tuned to learn more about St. Nicholas, The Gift Giver, by Ned Bustard, a book from IVP Kids.
1: And by Truce Table. let's get in the word and may the word get in us open our eyes
0: that we may behold wonderful things in your word
1: old testament reading ezekiel chapter 33 verses 1 through 20 ezekiel israel's watchman the lord's message came to me son of man speak to your people and say to them Suppose I bring a sword against the land, and the people of the land take one man from their borders and make him their watchman. He sees the sword coming against the land, blows the trumpet, and warns the people. But there is one who hears the sound of the trumpet, yet does not heed the warning. Then the sword comes and sweeps him away. He will be responsible for his own death. He heard the sound of the trumpet, but did not heed the warning, so he is responsible for himself. If he had heeded the warning, he would have saved his life. But suppose the watchman sees the sword coming and does not blow the trumpet to warn the people. Then the sword comes and takes one of their lives. He is swept away for his iniquity, but I will hold the watchman accountable for that person's death. As for you, son of man, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. Whenever you hear a word from my mouth, you must warn them on my behalf. When I say to the wicked, O wicked man, you must certainly die, and you do not warn the wicked about his behavior, the wicked man will die for his iniquity, but I will hold you accountable for his death. But if you warn the wicked man to change his behavior and he refuses to change, he will die for his iniquity, but you have saved your own life. And you, son of man, say to the house of Israel, this is what you have said, our rebellious acts and our sins have caught up with us and we are wasting away because of them. How then can we live? Say to them, as surely as I live, declares the sovereign Lord, I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but prefer that the wicked change his behavior and live. Turn back, turn back from your evil deeds. Why should you die, O house of Israel? And you, son of man, say to your people, the righteousness of the righteous will not deliver him if he rebelled. As for the wicked, his wickedness will not make him stumble, If he turns from it, the righteous will not be able to live by his righteousness if he sins. Suppose I tell the righteous that he will certainly live, but he becomes confident in his righteousness and commits iniquity. None of his righteous deeds will be remembered. Because of the iniquity he has committed, he will die. Suppose I say to the wicked, You must certainly die. But he turns from his sin and does what is just and right. He returns what was taken in pledge, pays back what he has stolen, and follows the statutes that give life, committing no iniquity. He will certainly live, he will not die. None of the sins he has committed will be counted against him. He has done what is just and right, he will certainly live. Yet your people say, the behavior of the Lord is not right, when it is their behavior that is not right. When a righteous man turns from his godliness and commits iniquity, he will die for it. When the wicked turns from his sin and does what is just and right, he will live because of it. Yet you say, the behavior of the Lord is not right. House of Israel, I will judge each of you according to his behavior. Psalm 137, beginning at verse 1. By the rivers of Babylon, we sit down and weep when we remember Zion. On the poplars in her midst, we hang our harps. For there, our captors ask us to compose songs. Those who mock us demand that we be happy. Saying, sing for us a song about Zion. How can we sing a song to the Lord in a foreign land? If I forget you, O Jerusalem, may my right hand be crippled. May my tongue stick to the roof of my mouth if I do not remember you. And do not give Jerusalem priority over whatever gives me the most joy. Remember, O Lord, what the Edomites did on the day Jerusalem fell. They said, tear it down, tear it down, right to its very foundation. O daughter Babylon, soon to be devastated, how blessed will be the one who repays you for what you dished out to us. How blessed will be the one who grabs your babies and smashes them on a rock. Proverbs chapter 29. Proverbs chapter 29, beginning at verse 1. The one who stiffens his neck after numerous rebukes will suddenly be destroyed without remedy. When the righteous become numerous, the people rejoice. When the wicked rule, the people groan. The man who loves wisdom brings joy to his father, but whoever associates with prostitutes wastes his wealth. A king brings stability to a land by justice, but one who exacts tribute tears it down. The one who flatters his neighbor spreads a net for his steps. In the transgression of an evil person, there is a snare, but a righteous person can sing and rejoice. The righteous person cares for the legal rights of the poor. The wicked person does not understand such knowledge. Scornful people inflame a city, but those who are wise turn away wrath. When a wise person goes to court with a foolish person, there is no peace, whether he is angry or laughs. Bloodthirsty people hate someone with integrity. As for the upright, they seek his life. A fool lets fly with all his temper. But a wise person keeps it back. If a ruler listens to lies, all his ministers will be wicked. The poor person and the oppressor have this in common. The Lord gives light to the eyes of them both. If a king judges the poor in truth, his throne will be established forever. A rod and reproof impart wisdom, but a child who is unrestrained brings shame to his mother. When the wicked increase, transgression increases, but the righteous will see their downfall. Discipline your child, and he will give you rest. He will bring you happiness. When there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. But the one who keeps the law, blessed is he. A servant cannot be corrected by words, for although he understands, there is no answer. You have seen someone who is hasty in his words. There is more hope for a fool than for him. If someone pampers his servant from youth, he will be a weakling in the end. An angry person stirs up dissension, and a wrathful person is abounding in transgression. A person's pride will bring him low but one who has a lowly spirit will gain honor. Whoever shares with a thief is his own enemy. He hears the oath to testify, but does not talk. The fear of people becomes a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord will be set on high. Many people seek the face of a ruler, but it is from the Lord that one receives justice. An unjust person is an abomination to the righteous, and the one who lives an upright life is an abomination to the wicked. Daniel chapter four, verses one through 18. King Nebuchadnezzar, to all peoples, nations, and language groups that live in all the land, peace and prosperity. I am delighted to tell you about the signs and wonders that the Most High God has done for me. How great are his signs! How mighty are his wonders! His kingdom will last forever, and his authority continues from one generation to the next. Nebuchadnezzar dreams of a tree chopped down. I, Nebuchadnezzar, was relaxing in my home living luxuriously in my palace. I saw a dream that frightened me badly. The things I imagined while lying on my bed, these visions of my mind were terrifying me. So I issued an order for all the wise men of Babylon to be brought before me so that they could make known to me the interpretation of the dream. When the magicians, astrologers, wise men, and diviners entered, I recounted the dream for them, but they were unable to make known its interpretation to me. Later, Daniel entered, whose name is Belteshazzar after the name of my god, and in whom there is a spirit of the holy gods. I recounted the dream for him as well, saying, Belteshazzar, chief of the magician, in whom I know there to be a spirit of the holy gods, whom no mystery baffles, consider my dream that I saw, and set forth its interpretation. Here are the visions of my mind while I was on my bed. While I was watching, there was a tree in the middle of the land. It was enormously tall. The tree grew large and strong. Its top reached far into the sky. It could be seen from the borders of all the land. Its foliage was attractive and its fruit plentiful on it. There was food enough for all. Under it, the wild animals used to seek shade, and in its branches, the birds of the sky used to nest. All creatures used to feed themselves from it. While I was watching in my mind's visions on my bed, holy sentinel came down from heaven. He called out loudly as follows: chop down the tree and lop off its branches, strip off its foliage and scatter its fruit. Let the animals flee from under it and the birds from its branches, but leave its taproot in the ground with the band of iron and bronze around it, surrounded by the grass of the field. Let it become damp with the dew of the sky and let it live with the animals in the grass of the land. Let his mind be altered from that of a human being and let an animal's mind be given to him and let seven periods of time go by for him. This announcement is by the decree of the sentinels. This decision is by the pronouncement of the holy ones, so that those who are alive may understand that the Most High has authority over human kingdoms, and he bestows them on whomever he chooses. He establishes over them even the lowliest of human beings. This is the dream that I, King Nebuchadnezzar, saw. Now you, Belteshazzar, declare its interpretation. For none of the wise men in my kingdom are able to make known to me the interpretation, but you can do so. For a spirit of the holy gods is in you. New Testament reading. Acts chapter 20, verses 1 through 12. Paul travels through Macedonia and Greece. After the disturbance had ended, Paul sent for the disciples, and after encouraging them and saying farewell, he left to go to Macedonia. After he had gone through those regions and spoken many words of encouragement to the believers there, he came to Greece, where he stayed for three months. Because the Jews had made a plot against him as he was intending to sail for Syria, he decided to return through Macedonia. Paul was accompanied by Sopartar, son of Pyrrhus from Berea, Aristarchus and Secundus from Thessalonica, Gaius from Derbe and Timothy, as well as Tychicus and Trophimus, from the province of Asia. These had gone on ahead, and were waiting for us in Tros. We sailed away from Philippi after the days of unleavened bread, and within five days we came to the others in Tros, where we stayed for seven days. On the first day of the week, when we met to break bread, Paul began to speak to the people, and because he intended to leave the next day, he extended his message until midnight. Now there were many lamps in the upstairs room where we were meeting. A young man named Eutychus, who was sitting in the window, was sinking into a deep sleep while Paul continued to speak for a long time. Fast asleep, he fell down from the third story and was picked up dead. But Paul went down, threw himself on the young man, put his arms around him and said, Do not be distressed, for he is still alive. Then Paul went back upstairs, and after he had broken bread and eaten, he talked with them a long time until dawn. Then he left. They took the boy home alive and were greatly comforted. This is the word of God for the people of God. May God add a blessing to the reading of his word. Let us go boldly to God's throne of grace. Sovereign Lord, I thank you for your word. Thank you, O God, that you, O God, are our shepherd, our creator, O God, our sovereign Lord, who makes us, some of us, for noble and ignoble purposes, O God. And that you, O Lord God, are the judge of all the earth, O God. And you judge in holiness in righteousness, in love, in grace, and in mercy, oh God. So will you be with us, O oh God? Uh, we are very much like those, oh God, in, in Ezekiel, oh God, in the other Old Testament passages, oh God, where the people were saying, oh, this is just not right. It's not right for God to judge people. Oh God, would you help us, oh God, to know that we are not more gracious than God. And when we think that we are more gracious than you, oh God, we stand in judgment of you, O God. So would you humble us? And would you help us, O God, not to be upset, O God? It reminds me, O God, when you spoke to Cain and said, you know, why are you angry? If you do well, will it not go well with you? So would you help us to walk in righteousness and in truth and in justice and love what is good and scorn and hate what is evil and I thank you, O God, that even the wicked in this passage is time again, particularly there in Ezekiel, if the wicked turn and do what is just and right, they will live and not die. If they turn and do what is right, they will live and not die. And where the righteous continue to live in righteousness, they will live and not die. The righteous turn to do iniquity, they will die in their sins. Would you help us, O God, to refuse, to reject, to buffet the flesh, and to refuse live in iniquity? Would you help us, O God, to confess sin and to repent and to turn, O God, to you and to live in light of the gospel? Would you help us to live lives that are congruent, O God, with our profession of faith, O God? Would you help us, O Lord God, to live lives, O God, that testify to the fact that we are, in fact, your children so that people will see us and they will know, just as Nebuchadnezzar said to Daniel, like, Oh no, I know you have the spirit of the holy God within you. Oh God, I pray that others, those who are not yet in the faith would be able to say that about us as a result of our lives, as a result of the wisdom that we have, as a result of our conduct, oh God, as a result of the joy that we live with, oh God, may that be our testimony too, that those who are not even in you can testify to the light that is within us, oh God. I pray all of this in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus. Amen.
0: Around Christmas, we spend a lot of time thinking about presents, but have you ever wondered why we give gifts? Learn about the life of St. Nicholas and discover why he became known as one of the greatest gift givers of all time. In Ned Bustard's book, St. Nicholas, The Gift Giver, told as a delightful poem, this colorfully illustrated book will be enjoyed by children and the adults who read with them. As a listener of this podcast, you can get 30% off plus free U.S. shipping when you use the promo code, The Word. That's code T-H-E-W-O-R-D at ivypress.com.